He ran really fast, and he got in, and I don't know if he drove really fast, but Chris Spielman has uh, made it back to the uh, Plain City Studios of the <laughs> Spielman and Hooley podcast. Uh, hopefully there were no chickens or uh, little tiny animals uh, harmed in the making of this podcast. I've only heard rumors of this place. Children of the corn. Yeah. I've been waiting for them to come out of the cornfields, like, it's freaking me out. Speaking of bad things happening, <laughs> uh on the highways, maybe you can give me some advice, some comfort, some direction. Today is the day, Mr. Spielman, that my 15-and-a-half-year-old is getting her driver's permit. Uh, it's it's miserable. <laughs> it's you. awful. Thank you. No, it, here's the thing. Have Sherry take her in a car because I know you, you're not going to be able to handle it. No, I won't. You're not. You're going to overcoach. Yeah, I won't try. You're going to freak her out. She's going to stress out. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a problem. Here are our options. A big blue Honda minivan or a stick shift semi-sports car Borrow a car to take the test in. I do have a 97 Ford F-150 pickup. No, she's got no shot. That's a stick as well. She'll have no shot. But I don't care if she hits anything with that. But you want them to drive. Unless it's another person. Here's the thing. It's inevitable. It's, It's unimaginable stress the first time they go out. From themselves on their phones there's a tracker it's called life 360 there'll be no phone in the car while she's driving well you're not going to let her have a phone uh, i mean you can you know, put her away good thing, not, don't you trust her where hey I no totally, texting no talking i do totally trust her here's the thing this is the great part my oldest i don't know if this is the case with you my oldest is the pleaser among my three children she is the most uh, she is the least likely. Give the rundown, or if you're comfortable. Yeah, sure. No, she's the she's the Labrador Retriever. She's the yeah. loyal, you know, conscientious. That's one. Katie. Yeah, it's Katie. The middle one, uh, Rachel, is, um, you know, uh, Rachel. I will put it in Rachel's own words. She's read the birth order book, great book by Kevin Lehman. L e, uh, I think it's L e m a n. Psychologist, really talented guy. He's been on the Today Show a bunch. Uh, read the birth order book if you have children. It will explain a lot about their behavior. Rachel's read the birth order book, and she's like, he's totally got me nailed as a middle child. Wow. Yeah. And then my youngest, Lexi, to get that. Lexi's the clown. She's the fun-loving. She's got little bits of both. So they're all, like, right in the textbook birth order traits and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I'm All a, good kids. Really blessed to have good I'm kids. I'm going to tell you. Was Maddie the uh, obedient, you know, uh, loyal? Yeah, until she hit a certain age. Yeah. <laughs> Noah's well, uh, no. Your kids are remarkable, and uh, you know, we all know your kids had a lot. I have great put on their plate yeah, early that, in so life. So a lot of kids, but I. But it doesn't make I, them any less remarkable. No, how they handle no. It. But a lot of kids have that, and I have great kids, and I have great stepdaughters, wonderful stepdaughters, who God has blessed me. And if I had the loss that I had, but then to have be blessed with two more wonderful stepdaughters in my life they're adorable i love all my kids they are all great they all have their qualities they all drive me crazy i'm going to tell you my and your wife is awesome Carrie yeah is she's awesome. she's she's a she's a rock so here this is the biggest fear and i go through this every time mm-hmm. and um you're going to go through this well if not i'm putting this in your head and you're going to say why did you do that dude why did you put that in my head but every time i'm driving mm-hmm. And I know that one of my kids, especially my youngest, Audrey, who's been driving almost six months now, every time I see a uh, accident, I'm thinking in my head, 
where's Audrey? Wow. Where's Audrey? And, and yeah. you know, but that's that's me because, you know, how I'm consumed that, you know, lightning's going to hit me no matter where. I'm like Schlepprock. I, sometimes I feel like I have this cloud following me around that lightning's ready to strike. But that's my paranoia as a parent. And I bet you there's other people that have that. Like, the first time, if I see an accident or hear about an accident on the radio or whatever, mm -hmm. if I'm not listening to our podcast <laughs> over and over and over, but I think to myself, okay, where's Audrey? All right, I, Kendra Jean at OU, Macy's at Bowling Green, Maddie's over at work, Noah's in Chicago. Where's Audrey? So if I see this accident, my first thought goes, where's Audrey? I have that with my wife and children not being home at the hour I think they should be home. Like That's, if I expect them, I expect them at 3 o'clock and it gets to be 345, I'm like, man, are they in a ditch somewhere? Or? Yeah. I mean, I just have that. Maybe it's a paranoia that we both share. Maybe that's a male thing. Maybe that's a husband and father I, I thing. I think it goes back to our, our topic the other day about when we talked about being husbands and fathers a little bit and being proactive as opposed to reactive all the time, that we're the protectors. And so when you don't have control over the situation to be able to protect, mm -hmm. there is a natural fear because, you, quite frankly, you're not doing your job. Yeah. And I'm not doing my job Correct. if something happens to them. Okay, speaking of uh, people who have a fear that the sky is falling, we will get to the Browns fans and the Titans opener in Cleveland. This year the feeling is a little bit different, but we do want to touch on, of course, Cincinnati and Ohio State tomorrow in Ohio Stadium. Noon kickoff, Luke Fickle comes back. He's taking on Ryan Day. Luke Fickle's got a good football team. The interesting thing to me about this is not just Luke Fickle and his past Ohio State history. 50 games as a starter, played in a Rose Bowl with a torn peck, uh, Luke Fickle, a great Buckeye, and had the record for most starts as a yeah. Buckeye when he left Ohio State. Loyal Buckeye, served as interim head coach at a In an very impossible tough time. situation. Impossible situation, absolutely. Not making excuses for Luke because he wouldn't want me to, but it was impossible. Given the job in, on Memorial Day, handed a freshman, true freshman quarterback, I mean, just, and everybody was like, okay, now we got a shot at Ohio State, baby, and he dealt with that, yeah. got him to a bowl game, and so, you know, I have nothing but uh, affinity for Luke Fickle, all that he went through. Really happy for him at Cincinnati. We have talked this week on the podcast on episodes uh, seven and eight about Luke Fickle and why he took the Cincinnati job at uh, after many opportunities, how we like the fact that he turned down West Virginia and that he can win there uh, at Cincinnati and get a better job than West Virginia. No offense, Mountaineer fans, but you can get a better job than West Virginia. Well, I think in the past I would, I would say that you know, what's a better job for him? For Tom Herman, when he was at Houston, who was in a very similar situation than Luke Fickle is, the, the, the only better job for Tom was Ohio State or Texas. Well, Tom was a Texas guy. Right. So Houston made perfect sense. Right. He could use it. He knew the coaches in the state. He could get talent. He could get guys like Ed Oliver. He could leapfrog to a bigger job. And I don't know if he thought... You know, that things would go south. Was it Charlie Strong that he replaced at Texas? Or who did he replace Yes, Charlie Texas? Strong. Uh, but Tom Herman knew that he could parlay Houston into a really good job. And I believe, Luke, those parallels with the Ohio coaches and the and the contacts he's made in recruiting it's very parallel. will get him to a job. I can't imagine Luke Fickle going to West Virginia and spending the rest of his career coaching at West Virginia. I can't imagine Luke Fickle. The only – there's probably three – places where Luke would go. I don't think he in in they're all in the Big Ten. 
I think he'd go to Michigan State. I think he would because too. it's the same route that Mark D'Antonio took, and I know Luke has a relationship with Mark. And Mark was at Cincinnati. I think at Ohio, he would go to Ohio State, obviously. obviously. But other than that, uh, I, I think there's one. I think there's Penn State maybe. But Penn State was the one I had. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't I don't know if that's a fit for. I mean, it seems like it, but I think he those. Cincinnati and Houston, those guys are able to pay to be able to keep those guys. So it comes Cincinnati, down. no. Cincinnati, no. Penn State can pay. Houston paid. Herman. Well, Houston, you're talking oil. There only takes one oil that, billionaire that's true. to pay at Houston. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I, I just don't think he's going to. He's not going to take an Illinois. and I, I don't think he would. He's no. not going to take an Illinois and Indiana, a Rutgers. Maryland. Uh, Maryland, Syracuse. No. What, whatever. I, there, there's no need. I think he's very happy. I think he's a uh, people that don't know Luke is a is a strong strong family guy and believes in having roots and you know he wants his kids to have stability. He's not looking to get on that coach's uh, bandwagon and travel all over the country and go from job to job to job. Like there's no way Luke Fick, I, I don't know, he's got a ton. I think I, he does. I, 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 he keeps having them. I don't he know. He talked about last year that Amy would not have gone with him. He was joking of course that yeah. she would not have gone with him. To West Virginia because she likes Cincinnati. And I think that's, I love that, that a coach, and Ryan Day's this way. Ryan Day turned down the job as Oregon's offensive coordinator because he just didn't want to move his wife and young family again. It wasn't there was anything wrong with Eugene, Oregon. He certainly, you know. Turned down a, uh, Vrabel, too, Tennessee. He did. So, uh, you know, I think Luke Fickle is a guy a lot like Ryan Day, and they'll have an interesting conversation on the field before the game. I was talking to Ryan Day uh, Tuesday at Ohio State, Luke was hired at Cincinnati on December the 10th, 2016. Ryan was hired at Ohio State on January the 3rd, 2017. And so they were not working together ever, but they've certainly seen each other at coaching clinics. And I believe Ohio State had a kid, LaChristian Blue Smith, that transferred mm -hmm. to Cincinnati. So you talk to the place where he came from and find out if, you know, there's anything you need to know about that. So they've had conversations, but it'll be a different conversation that they have on the field Sunday, yeah. uh, Saturday in Ohio Stadium. I I couldn't beat I couldn't do that. You wouldn't be good at that. When you were with the Destroyers, was that a is that an arena football thing? Do you talk to the opposing coach? I don't remember that. I don't know what you're talking about. Look at when up. I ruined it. Yeah, look at up that what? one memorable year. Hey, I was you, so you, happy. You know what? You. you talk about the Destroyers, but you don't talk about the Upper Arlington Little League team where two years in a row I went undefeated and unscored upon. You're coaching this year. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm You're volunteering. Not I'm helping two days a week. Okay. How's that going? It's it's fine. It's frustrating. Well, you're dealing with what, what are the kids' I, ages? Uh, the junior high kids? Yeah, middle school kids. Okay. It, it's it's fine. It's frustrating. The, the joy out of coaching is to see the small increments of improvement that happen daily. But if you're not having great success you're seeing improvements and a lot of kids never played for it's the first time they ever put on he helmet and pads where, you know, they're putting their knee pads in where their thigh pads are supposed to go. And how do you do this? How do you do? So it's, but it's, it's rewarding in a sense, but it's also, uh, I, I can't put in as much time as I'd like to put into it, but I'm feel like it's being proactive where I have something to give to somebody that may need it. So this was the example of last week's or earlier in the week's show about instead of sitting around doing nothing, if there's an area of where I can be a benefit and be proactive to help a certain group of folks, I'm going to take advantage of that mm -hmm. and not sit back and wait for somebody to ask me to do it. But I was was proactive and kind of volunteered and went and, and got involved with that. 
Well, certainly, you know, uh, the the impact's the important thing. It's not the yeah. I know. I, gotta, I know you I, want the football I can't, stuff to yeah, go with I, it. That's see, that's my problem, and that's why it's a battle, isn't it? it? Well, here's my thing, and this this my, and I had my wife Carrie, it, and you know, I never ever can compare Stephanie to Carrie. I never do that because they're they're two different people, and God bless me to. I never thought it'd be possible to love somebody else again, but I do. I just didn't think it was possible. That's got to be a God thing and grace to allow me to love somebody again. But anyway, I'll compare them to this, that they look at my football mentality, and both of them thought I was completely insane. Completely insane. Now, you know all the stories with Steph. If not, pick up Bruce and I's book. That's why I'm here. You'll read all the stories and all the humbling Things that uh, why don't you put all your suggestions for how I can be a better husband in a box <laughs> and I'll read them when I get around to it? Or I got to admit that is why <laughs> is one of the is that in the book? That is one is of that the in, is that is, is that in the book? I believe it is. All right, in the book. that's when that I was is, young. That was one of the reasons why I got a call. You know, Bruce, uh, this is Zondervan Publishing. We have a concern that Chris is just not very likable. <laughs> And I said, well, that's he, who he is. He's not very likable, but he's very real. He is very and I, real. Well, and obviously I wouldn't apologize, but, you know, let's face it. I mean, I'm sure that Sherry has said some things to oh. you over the years that maybe she no. would take back. But the other way is a long list okay, so, of things I'd retract. So that one in A, uh, this was the best. <laughs> Try this one, guys. Try this one at home. So no. when your wife's mad at Don't. you, and it's a Saturday afternoon, and she wants you to, I don't know, do yard work or whatever it is you folks do on Saturday <laughs> afternoons. <laughs> what other guys without lawn services do? <laughs> so try seriously, try this. All right, see, see how this goes over. If you want to be divorced? No, try this. no, I'm begging you to say yeah, this. Yeah. Like, and I want somebody to, to email the show if you do this this Saturday. So your wife's on your end about something. Fine, it happens, right? We're all we get it. And if you try this line, I guarantee you uh, she'll find it the most romantic thing you ever said to her. Do you want to hear it? Oh, do I ever. Yeah. Okay. Here, here it is. So she's yelling, and all, all of a sudden you can't take it anymore. And just say, hey, honey, let me know when you're done being mad. I'll be downstairs watching college football all day. When you're done being mad, let me know. I'll be down here watching football all day. I'm telling you, that's... That's a winner. That's a winner, my friend. Left out the part about why don't you bring me a sandwich, right? That was also part of that little interchange. I... <laughs> Pre-made, of course. Pre-made, yes. Marital <laughs> advice from Spielman and Hooley. We'll have a little seminar on this later. Yes, thank you, Pat. We'll have a little seminar oh, but, on this later. But I want to go back to what, uh, and we'll get to the thing real quick. Uh, this beauty of a podcast. But I want to go back to what Carrie said to me that. Our team didn't play very well in a scrimmage or a bad practice, and I was up all night thinking, okay, mm. what, 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 what are we not getting across? What, what can we do better for these guys? And I was thinking about it. So the next morning, I'm sitting there, and, and she walks out, and she said, where were you last night? And I said, well, I was out here. Well, why didn't you sleep? Well, because the middle school team didn't practice how I wanted to practice, and we had a scrimmage, and we're not getting it offensively or – on defense, we're, we're not hitting the gaps we're supposed to hit, and 
you know, I feel like I'm not helping the coaches coach and I'm not doing a good enough job for them. And I was up all night and she looked at me and she said, they're middle school kids. What's the matter with you? It's over for you. You're 53 years old. You're not coaching. You're not playing. It's over. For the love of God, please accept that reality. And by the way, Rick isn't calling for a two-week contract extension for you. It's over. Keeping it real. <laughs> to spill my household. Keeping it real. <sighs> uh, See, my struggles are real, people. Yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Ohio State will struggle against Cincinnati, but I know this. The relationship between Columbus and Cincinnati, more Ohio State and Cincinnati, is a struggle. I was thinking today... Cincinnati has the GCL, great high school football, but over the years, you know, really not a ton of guys have come to Columbus and become all-time greats that I would say come first to mind. Chris Carter, close, Middletown, but Keith Byers is from Dayton, Damn. you're from Canton, Troy Smith's from Cleveland, Eddie George's from out of state. You know, the Cincinnati thing, for a long time, the Cincinnati kids, when Moeller was rolling, they yeah. went to Notre Dame, and the relationship just between the city, Cincinnati understandably, thinks of itself as a major league city. They have the Reds, they have the Bengals, and years ago they had the Royals in the NBA, and for a long time... They almost time, think they're their own state. They do. Uh, that's a quote from Bobby Huggins to me when I was talking with Bobby Huggins one time when Gary Williams was the coach at Ohio State. And I, you know, we all know the Cincinnati-Ohio State college thing is raw from 1961 and 1962. Look it up, kids. NCAA championship, where Ohio State, in the days before guys left school after one year... Ohio State had the all-time team. They had Jerry Lucas and John Havlicek, two eventual basketball Hall of Famers, and won the national championship as sophomores, and they were playing in the national title game as juniors against Cincinnati and got upset. And then the two teams met again, Lucas and Havlicek senior year, and Cincinnati won again. And that gave Cincinnati license to lord it over Ohio State for decades, and Ohio State handled it very maturely and said, okay, we're never playing you again. <laughs> And then, heaven forbid... Oh, i got to stop the snorting, by the Cincinnati way. Cincinnati would have... Heaven forbid had Cincinnati beaten Ohio State in 2002 when they dropped two touchdown passes in the end zone. Gino Gadulli, I minute. believe, was the quarterback. No, no, not Gino Gadulli. It was before him. I don't even remember the quarterback. But had they given Ohio State their only loss that season? Oh, my ben goodness. No, no. So, it's been tough. But Hugs said to me when I said, Bob, why don't you play Ohio State? Ohio State, Ohio State. He goes, Bruce you got to understand, to somebody from Cincinnati, Columbus is like another state, and Cleveland is like another country. It's like Cincinnati is its own entity, and they do. They identify with Northern Kentucky. They're more right. Kentucky-related and all that kind of stuff. But, brother, if Luke Fickle can come in here tomorrow and get a win for Cincinnati, Ohio State fans will never hear the end of it. If that happens, and if I'm the athletic director, I sign Luke Fickle to an extension right away. Yeah, what that I don't would know do if that does any good. I mean, teams can still come after him. Teams can still pay buyouts. Yeah, but I think Luke is a different kind of cat when it comes to that. I really think he's loyal. Fickle, would you sign it? Yeah, because I think Luke is loyal to where he is, and I do think that he gets it. <laughs> and we talked about it yesterday. We'll talk about it again. He gets the fact. That if he makes a certain amount of money, he doesn't have to uproot his family mm -hmm. and go do it someplace else just to do it. 
there's I mean he can put the only two places that Luke would go I, I really believe this in my heart is Michigan State and Ohio State maybe Penn State Penn State for sure but uh I can't think of another job in the country that Luke would take mm, I think there are jobs he'd take and there's some maybe jobs Notre Dame. Just, just some jobs just maybe Notre good. Dame Notre Dame be a fit the sales yeah. kid yeah I could see that okay to the NFL we go NFL opener is Sunday Falcons at Vikings you are headed to Minnesota which you always love to do you get to yeah. see Rick you get to see your mom you get to see your uh, nephews and nieces give the people spiels a little uh look-see into your life when you travel what you do and the okay. whole Fox rundown who's your partner this year by the way Tom Brenneman okay the great Love TV great. Uh, Shannon Spake on the sidelines uh, great team of producers Mark Teitelman Greg Scopatoni Scott Studley on stats and here's here's my week all right I am ready to do the game by Wednesday night I start preparing on Monday evening I spend all day Tuesday looking, like yesterday, I looked at two games of the Falcons and two games of the Vikings. It's a little more difficult because it's preseason games, but I get an idea. I go on, I have each team's Twitter. I go on and read every single article put out by the website and put out by uh, guys from The Athletic. Mm -hmm. Usually are pretty solid in the information Very that they solid. can get. Uh, I talk to uh, the preseason announcers, a kid named Justin Kutcher, who works for Fox and does Fox College football? New voice of the Washington Wizards, by the way, on mm -hmm. TV, which is good for him. Uh, or I talk to Charles Davis, or I talk to whoever that's done the game. And if I know them, I have a relationship. I gather as much information as possible. Then by uh, Tuesday evening, I start crossing out that that's irrelevant. I don't need that. That doesn't pertain to me. That doesn't pertain to me. That doesn't pertain to me. Wednesday morning, I wake up. And I think, okay, how can I come out this game from a production point of view of what's interesting or what trend or what do I see that maybe the producer and the director and all the graphics people can build something mm -hmm. that's interesting? Mm -hmm. I go back and I watch more film on Wednesday. I go through the depth chart. I check the Twitter to see if anybody got hurt, if there's any transactions. Thursday morning, I get on a plane. I'm ready to do the game. I can do the game right then and there on Thursday morning. Friday morning, I get there Thursday, have a brief meeting Thursday night. Friday, we go to the home team's practice facility. I go to practice. I watch the coaches um, work. I watch the players work. I see what teams are doing is particular in the red zone, just so I have a concept. I have a guy follow around that I have him write notes because I don't want to look down on the paper because I might miss something of interest to me in the practice. Interesting. Uh, he is sworn to secrecy. He's sworn to loyalty. I told him if he ever shared anything that I give him, that I will slice his Achilles tendons and hobble him. That's how serious I take it. Maybe um, too serious. No, no, I no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, because it's my job. It's my profession. Yeah. It's my relationships I that it. I have with people. Sure. They're kind enough to let me inside of their world, mm -hmm. and I'm going to treat it with respect. And they're really good with that. Friday night, uh, we have another production meeting. Saturday morning, we get up. We do. The, uh, I have a meeting with all the camera guys, the uh, associate director, the stats guys, the research guys. I get. I ask them to give me all their input on what they think about the game. I go over a scouting report of what I think about the game. Saturday afternoon, we go to the away team's uh, hotel. We talk to coaches and players. Saturday evening, we have our big television production meeting. Sunday morning, we get up and go do the game. That's my week, and I love it, and I can't wait to get started. One, th one rule I'm implementing this year, mm -hmm. 
it doesn't apply to Vikings home games. But Viking away games, I have told the haunch, head honchos at Fox and my producer that I am not going to go to the practice. Like I have week three, I have the or week seven, I have the Vikings at Detroit. Okay, so I, your Lions and the team you know well because you do the yeah. preseason games. Tell people you're not going to go to the visiting, uh, the uh, home team uh, practice when the Vikings are the visiting team. Right. And this goes back to something that happened last year. It, it went back to a, a certain coach who wouldn't, uh, didn't want me to come to the practice. Now, he ended up apologizing to me, by the way, because it questioned my professionalism. But then I thought to myself. Rick, your brother, is the GM of the Minnesota Vikings. The concern voiced, not valid, but voiced, was that you're loyal to your brother. You're going to go to the practice of the team the Vikings are playing. You're going to go to Rick and tell Rick what's going on because you want the Vikings to win. Share some secret information, which I would never, ever jeopardize. And you, did you ever run into this in the Big Ten with Michigan coaches, yes. with Michigan State coaches, because your legacy I, as a Buckeye is... I, I ran into it with uh, Bill O'Brien. And I had... He was at Penn State? Yeah. Okay. And I ran into it... Uh, D'Antonio was a different story. I don't want to get into that. But so the, what I decided to do, so there's no sign of shenanigans or nefarious behavior. How about that word? Very good. All right. Thank you. I'm learning. I'm sitting next to you. I Orwellian in uh, episode nine and uh, <laughs> nefarious. nefarious in episode 10. Well, I just don't want there to ever be an appearance. So if something does go wrong or if the Vikings do get any type of information during the game or they get what they get on film – I don't want it ever to come back on me. I don't want to put Rick in that position. I don't want to put the coaches, for example, Matt Patricia and the staff, I don't want to put them in that position. So this year I've decided that to eliminate all doubt, I'm not going to go to the practice. I'll go to the production meeting, but I will not go to the practice because if something happens and the Vikings have a tip on something uh, that maybe – I could be well. The only way they can know yeah, that right, because right. Chris was at practice. So I'm going to eliminate that of happening because I think it puts everybody in a position. I actually a bad a little, position. I'm actually a little surprised you're doing that because I know what your integrity is. I know you would never do that, uh, but I find it uh, very, uh, very commendable that you're doing that. I think that you're personifying uh, the verse as much as possible. Live at peace with everyone, and I think by yeah. taking that out of the equation. Um, it's a good thing, and I don't think it'll cost you anything in your prep. No, no, I, I, I tell, I don't need to go to practice to do a great job. There's so much information out there. I mean, I have coaches film of it. I have so much information that I don't need to. I like to go to practice because I like to see focus. I like to see guys work. I like to see. Uh, last year, for example, Matt Stafford and Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson was a fine rookie running back, really good player, going mm -hmm. to be a good player. The constant communication between Matt Stafford and Carryon Johnson, that was something that we could promote on the air. I only go to practices, and I share things from practice if it's a promotion of the team, like Matt Stafford being a good leader, taking Carryon Johnson aside after every single play and having an enthusiastic conversation. Only those types of things. Whatever I learn at practices uh, from an X's nose perspective is only for me and my eyes only and my buddy that I trust to death. Because, I mean, you know how serious I take this. Uh, very serious. I take it very – because it's my integrity. Folks, it's my job. Every time I go to Chris's house, 
there's a room where he does his work and I go back there and he's got flip cards and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. I mean, you're always, and it, it can be Sunday. You just finished, you know, yeah. this, this year you did a Lions preseason game on a Thursday. I go Sunday and you're already prepping for I, the opener. Well, I do because it's, um, it's such a great job, but I have a, and the reason I do that, some guys pack it in to be honest with you. I mean, you couldn't, you can look at games, and I'm not saying I'm a great analyst or a bad analyst. I think I, I do a decent job. But you can tell, I can tell the guys that put the time and effort into presenting a good product and the other guys at FedEx that are stamping in and just go through the motions. I can't do that. And so I, I take every precaution, and I take it very seriously because the teams deserve that. Fox deserves that. The fans deserve my best. Now, a lot of people don't like it, which is fine. At least I know that I'm giving my best. Uh, Jim Nance is on the Cleveland Browns opener against the Tennessee Titans. And whenever I hear Tennessee Titans, I have to think of the greatest play in Titans history. I'm not a Titans fan, but I'm a oh, I know fan. what play this is. I I'm think. a fan of great play-by-play calls, and this is a great play-by-play call. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, give Reaches it, to... it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got 40, it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. That is a great play-by-play call because the first thing you want to know when a guy scores is, are there flags? And the way he paused and says, was there great. are no flags on the field. Phenomenal. The was, Music City Miracle. I was still a member of the Buffalo Bills. I thought you might be a little salty about me yeah, playing that. thank you. That's okay. I mean, you do that. We have a good game coming up, though. I mean, it's important for the Browns. The Browns haven't been successful in season openers. They haven't won since won, 02. Won one since coming back into the league. Yeah, and that, was that O two? I think O two. Uh, no, O two was their playoff. O four, Jeff Garcia. Yeah, I think ninety nine. They ninety nine. They're back in the league. Yeah, right. But I think O two is their win. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure of that. So it, look, everything is lined up perfectly for the Browns. Um, I like what they're. I like what they have on defense. I, I I hope this Mac Wilson gets to play a little bit because I think he can be a really good asset for the Browns. I know one thing: he's going to provide productive depth because the way he produced in the preseason was amazing. I I'm, I feel good about Vernon. I think he's has new life. I feel good about Schobert. I feel good about Miles Garrett. Sheldon Richardson's a solid player you inside. Like Chris Kirksey, you like Chris? Kirksey? Yeah, yeah. I like all those guys. They just they just have to play better as a team, and I think they'll be more sound than they were under uh, Greg Double G uh, Williams on defense. Triple G because he triple started G. His Thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Greg Triple G Williams. Thank you very much. Yes, he will. They have a Steve Wilkes, is it? From yeah, Steve the, Wilkes uh, Arizona from Cardinals? Arizona Cardinals. But, you know, Steve Wilkes was a, a very good coordinator when he was with the Carolina Panthers. Really highly detailed, highly organized guy in the sound in what he does on defense. The biggest question to me is the offensive line. I, I just don't know. I hope they're, they do well. And the question not only for the Cleveland Browns, but 31 other teams, and the biggest fear that all of them has is that they can keep their offensive line healthy throughout the year. I think last year, Bruce, the Los Angeles Rams were the only team in the NFL, if if this is not accurate, it's pretty close to being accurate, there may have been one or two other teams, that started the same five guys on the offensive line for the whole year. So that's always going to be important. And I still don't know if these guys are good enough. I mean, yeah, 
You got people. Cush is a guard for now. Was an article that I read uh, the other day. Yeah, well, they're making trades trying to block the uh, gap at right guard, and uh, that was supposed to be filled by Austin Corbett, a guy that they picked a couple years ago. John Dorsey's not missed much in the draft. He's not Sashi Brown. Yeah, he's he's backup center, I believe. It appears that uh, Corbett is a miss. And so uh, that's the issue. Joe Thomas the other day, a guest on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, said that he doesn't think it's uh, that big of a deal what's going on at the right guard position. And uh, I don't know whether you uh, agree or disagree with Joe Thomas on that one. I know quarterbacks don't like pressure up the middle. I don't. I don't I, I'm waiting to see. I, I, I can't give an honest answer until I see it, right? But I think it's on papers. It's, a, it's an issue. Now, Greg Robinson was released. Yeah, they thought they'd re-sign him, and they have not as of yet, at least to my knowledge. I think they have. Well, they did? Okay, that was new. Yesterday, they had not. So, and Greg Robinson is going to be the starting right tackle, correct? Here's uh, here's Joe Thomas. I'm not concerned about it, talking about the offensive line, because the quarterback makes the offensive line. As long as Baker Mayfield's playing well, there's no concern from an offensive line standpoint. He says Freddie Kitchens can and will scheme around it. That is possible. You can throw it quick, get it out. But you do yeah, limit, but you yourself. limit you got, yourself. You got deep downfield threats like Odell Beckham. You want to be able yeah. to give your guy the time to find him. So Greg Robinson was released. In how many tackles, starting tackles, get released and nobody would claim them? Well, Greg Robinson, and then the list ends. Maybe he's a free agent, and he just—I don't—I don't—I don't know how that works. But uh, anyway, uh, with going back to Joe Thomas's comments, yeah, you can scheme around. Baker Mayfield uh, can cover up. Because of his ability to move around the pocket, to scramble, to keep his eyes downfield, to find open receivers, does have a, a, an ability to extend plays. So if a guy misses a block, Baker can make a miss in the backfield and make a play down the field. I don't think you want to make a living like that. I just think that there's there's something to be said about an offensive line that has this many questions, and we'll see. Nick uh, Chubb can also help that if well, they can time. run block. Yeah, so. I apologize. Greg Robinson is back with the team. Yeah. Uh, I've been locked in on Ohio State this week. But uh, Eric Cush or Wyatt Teller, a guy they just got this week at right guard. So we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Peter King was a guest on the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick asked Peter if he believes in the Browns as a playoff team. If the Browns don't make the playoffs this year, finish that yeah. sentence. If the Browns don't make the playoffs this year, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs this year and they go 6-10, and 10, it will be a crushing disappointment. If they don't make the playoffs, they show significant progress, go 9-7, and seven, uh, and are the second-best team in, in their division, or 10-6, and six, and, and get edged out of a playoff spot, I think it'll be a massive success. I mean, Dan, I just... One of the reasons why I'm on the Browns bandwagon, but I'm not leading it, is that, you know, this is a team, there's going to be no team in the first month of this season that will be as famous, as in demand, as public as the Cleveland Browns. They're playing three primetime games in the first five weeks of the season, in the first month of the season, three primetime games, Monday, Sunday, Monday. And I'm not saying that that is debilitating. or I'm just simply saying that other than maybe Morgan Burnett, I'm probably trying to – I'm probably forgetting somebody, a safety that that the Browns have now. I mean, how many of those guys on the team have been playing big games in late January? I I don't – I I just – you know, 
or how many guys have been really been in the spotlight? Odell certainly, but I you know, this is just not a team that is used to what is about to happen to it. Maybe it means nothing. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll be able to keep normalcy the whole year. Um, and 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 plus, I think the one other thing that caused me to just have second thoughts is that Odell Beckham Jr. is a great player, but in the last two years, he's been hurt both years. And I'm not saying he's injury prone because he wasn't hurt his first couple of years in the NFL or his first three years. So I, I, I I'm not saying that this is this is a trend and. He, you know, he can't stay healthy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I'm not positive that he's going to give him 16 barn burner games. How about that? The value of having guys who've been through it before. You I think put it a helps. Big, put a big factor on that? Yeah, I think it helps. I think also the coach hasn't been through it before, but it's mm-hmm. their chance to prove it, right? Yep. I, the only thing I disagree with Peter about is 9-7 and seven to me would be a massive failure. Ten and six would be a success. Two game improvement, nine and seven. Yeah, I I know, but that the expectations mm-hmm, are, are so high, yeah. right? Everybody's so excited in Cleveland, and I hope it works out. I don't want to say massive failure. I think it'll be a failure. There's something to be said about double digit wins, mm-hmm. and even if they didn't make the playoffs at ten and six, I think it, they're trending in the right direction. I, I'm I'm still concerned with the offensive line, and we'll see. Uh, We'll see how they handle Tennessee. Tennessee has one of the most underrated defensive tackles in the league, a guy by the name of Jarrell Casey. He's a great football player. So if you're a fan of offensive and defensive line play, watch the matchup between Jarrell Casey, especially if he's going up against a guard who they don't even know is going to be starting yet, whether it's the Wyatt kid or the Cush or kid. Cush kid. Uh, yeah. Much like Luke Fickle coming back to Ohio State, and this is a coming home for Tennessee Titans coach Mike Vrabel, of course the former great Ohio State defensive lineman, and he's from Northeast Ohio, Walsh Jesuit product. Vrabes has 12 guys on his team going into their final contract year, including quarterback Marcus Mariota. Now, I know the Browns like to play a lot of man. They believe in their corners, but I would say this Well, week, that one's under Greg Double G. Well, I think they like to play man. With, we'll see. Yeah, but I would not play a lot of man against Marcus Mariota because the only way I see the Titans winning this game is Marcus Mariota really hurts the Browns with his legs, and I think he's more prone to do that if they're playing a lot of man as opposed to a lot of zone. Yep, you can do certain things with because of the NFL athletes when you do play man because there's linebackers that can run with Marcus Mariota, right? That's Brown. That's why we see that. Uh, uh, the great uh, smaller guys playing linebacker now. Back in the day, you think of the Giants back in the day, you had uh, Harry, my favorite, one of my favorite NFL players of all time, right? Uh, Harry Carson for the Giants, 6'4", 260 pounds. And so I think there's certain things you can do, still play man. If it's third and one, third and two, third and three, you got to play man or you don't have a chance. You'll never stop anybody. So we'll see. Um, I like the Browns to win this one. Are you picking the Browns to win this? One? I am. I think it's home. I think it's. Uh, I think it's important. I think it for their psyche, even though maybe they act like they don't do it, uh, need it. I think it's uh, for their psyche. They need to get off to a quick start and get that home opener. And your need to win the games you're supposed to win. Were they favored by four, five? Yep. Uh, against Tennessee, and it's at home. And we'll see. I, I And I do expect Baker Mayfield to be better than he was last year, so that's a good sign. Yeah. But if the O-line's a whole question mark. And I think Ohio State will win the game with Cincinnati comfortably. I don't even really think the game will be in doubt at halftime. I just don't think wow. Cincinnati can protect 
Uh, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback. I think we're going to see a lot of early punts by Cincinnati. The only way Cincinnati can be in this game is if they're able to run the football. I'm sure Luke is going to want to run the football and try to run the football. Yeah, let's make it a short game. Uh, the thing I would say to anybody playing Ohio State is you're not going to run it wide on them. And that's no. where Ohio State defenses have been at their best in the past. Last year, teams were able to run it wide on them. It appears now that they, are, uh, they have uh, figured out what they were doing wrong last year to get gashed on the ground so much. I know it's Florida Atlantic. Cincinnati's a much more representative team. Indiana will be comparable to Cincinnati, but still a test for Ohio State the next week. So maybe I'm a little bit too much one to embrace the defensive improvement at this juncture in the season. Uh, But if Cincinnati is in this game in the third quarter, then the unrest in the stadium and the pressure will build on Justin Fields and – and that wouldn't necessarily be a terrible thing. It would be obviously disastrous if Ohio State lost the game. Uh, that would be a seismic uh, turn of events. But uh, maybe a little adversity in the second half wouldn't be a terrible thing for the Buckeyes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, you could still learn lessons as long as you win. To get calloused a little bit, I like it. Well, it's not going to be twenty-eight to nothing like it was. No. last week. Yeah, I, Cincinnati has to eliminate the big play. Ohio State has so many explosive weapons on offense. I mean, that was evident of the film. And FAU had so many mental mistakes, and Justin Fields and the wide receivers will were able to exploit those mistakes. I don't think defensively there'll be that many mental errors. And if I'm Cincinnati, I want to keep the ball in front of me. I want to make sure there's nothing over my head, and I don't mind and make Ohio State and a young quarterback experience-wise drive the length of the field, make them have long drives. And if I'm in on I want to make it a short game. I want to run I want to run the ball as much as I can. And Ritter can run it, throw it. But I'm sure, you know, Luke is an aggressive guy too, so he's going to pick his time and places when the blitz. I think Ohio State's got to lose the turnover margin by three to have any chance of losing the game. I think it's fair. Fair. Yeah. We'll see. What's the uh, line? 17? 17. Uh Bengals at Seattle. Uh boy. Uh, I Andy Dalton, I hope you come home healthy. That's all I can say. It's going to be a long year for the Bengals. Wouldn't that be something if the Browns lose and the Bengals win on opening Oh, uh, The Bengals aren't winning in Seattle. Can't. Okay. I, see, I, I, it's I get that. It's National Football League, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to win no matter who you're playing. That, talking about offensive line issues, Bengals have their own issues. We'll get into them next week because I do have the Bengals next week and the oh, 49, right. 49ers at Cincinnati. So. Okay, fantastic. Good. Short week for you. Spielman and Hooley podcast available on all the platforms. Email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Senior pictures, flashesofun.com. Book it online. Affordable senior pictures. It'll cost, you know, a fraction of what uh, senior pictures in a studio cost. And they've been viewed over a million times. Does Sherry online. work for them? She does. <laughs> she sure does. She, Why don't you plug her book while we're on here? Uh, I'm not sure how to plug her book at this point in time. But she does have a book on Amazon. It's a free download. She's written it for teenage girls. It's kind of a, you know, so it's a fictional book. She picked up a book in the library years ago and was troubled by the language in it. It was supposed to be one of these, you know, books for teenagers. And so she thought, well, I'll write my own. She's written a series. This is the first one. I, if I would have known that, I would have had her write the book. That's why I'm here instead of you. <laughs> at least she would have picked up my phone call when I needed you most. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we're at the end of this podcast. We don't have time to go through that again. <laughs> Travel safe to Minnesota. Say hi to your brother and your mom. We will say hi to all of you again next week. Well, no, Saturday night. We doing this Saturday night? Yeah, call me. Depending on your schedule. I'm going to call Chris, and we'll have an immediate reaction to Ohio State's game against Cincinnati right here on the Spielman and Hooley podcast.